Welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Liz Kelly. Make sure to subscribe to the Ringer's YouTube channel to watch the newest episode of Slow News Day with Kevin Clark, featuring NFL MVP Lamar Jackson. And in anticipation of the NBA's return in late July, NBA Desktop with Jason Concepcion is back to posting weekly episodes. Also up on our YouTube channel are the best clips taken from this week's Bill Simmons podcast, Rewatchables, and Higher Learning with Rachel Lindsay and Van Lathan. You can find all these videos at youtube.com slash The Ringer. Welcome to the Ringer NBA Show. I'm Chris Vernon, and joining me as he does every Tuesday from the Ringer.com is Kevin O'Connor, aka Kevin O'Bomber, Kevin O'Concert, Kevin O'Conflict, Kevin O'Camera, Kevin O'Climber, Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin O'Blizzarian. The beard <laughs> is filling back in. Ah, here it comes. Oh, are you feeling more manly by the day? <laughs> it feels good seeing it come on a little bit, get the little bit of the stubble going. It'll be back to a beard in no time, Chris. How you doing this morning, buddy? I'm doing good. We do have some news, Kev. Um, and so while we have been talking over the course of the past couple of weeks about the NBA returning, you know, most of the focus has been some players might not want to go because of coronavirus and the pandemic. Some players might not want to go uh, because they believe they should be fighting for social justice instead. Uh, but in fact, the first couple of guys that we have learned of outside of injury that are not going to Orlando and are not going to participate, um, the first one is Davis Bertans, who is going to be a free agent this summer and... So he has a big contract on the way. His team was included in the teams that were going to be going to Orlando to compete for a playoff spot, but he is opting to not play these last eight games, to not play in the playoffs if a long shot chance they made it and then just sit out because he has an awful lot of money that is there waiting for him in the offseason. So Berton's the first one that we have seen. Um, that's not injured, that's not going. What do you think? I mean, why the Wizards are there in the first place? Why, uh, you know, should they retroactively? And you know that's why they put the Suns and the Spurs in, because they had to wedge the Wizards in. And yeah, so I mean, it's like... like if, <laughs> if it was just the, the top 20 records uh, or teams that were within five games of the postseason, then Phoenix and Washington would be out. Those two were added really just to appease, you know, those two East. organizations, ownership yep. level and all that. Um, but for Washington, I mean, look, man, like it's understandable why he's sitting out totally. You know, he's thinking long term. And, and ultimately, uh, it, he's not going to be the first guy. And this is a big week in which, you know, today, uh, coronavirus testing begins for all 22 teams. Uh, the transaction window opens up while we're recording this podcast for teams to officially sign players that are available. And then tomorrow, on Wednesday, that's the day players are supposed to notify teams if they're playing or not. And, you know, you mentioned Bertans, and then Trevor Ariza, of course, chose to sit out as well of the Portland Trailblazers because he wants to spend time with his child over this next month when he has an opportunity to do so. Yeah, so with Bertans, look, he, to me, fits the... I mean, he is the overpay guy, it seems to me. Right, it's the perfect timing. He's that. This is not a big free agent class at all. 
He is somebody that everybody could use, right? Everybody wants spacing. Everybody wants shooting. And I just think like it's going to be a really high risk, big contract that he gets. He just, to me, fits that mold of guy that you were going to see the contract. And, and look, I'll come back and say I'm wrong if I'm wrong. But I think we'll see the contract and be like, whoa. And, you know, he's had the knee injuries prior to. He's not young. I mean, he's, I think he's 27, 28. Yeah. Um, he's coming off this season where he kind of certainly got in the mainstream conversation much more than ever before. Um, and I just think, like, he's, he, he's, he is going to hit right when the timing is right for him to get the most the most money that a, that Davis Bertans is going to get um, in the open market, and so you know, look, he's putting. I don't know what kind of deal he could get, but if he ends up signing, you know, some kind of seventy million dollar deal, or maybe even more, like it wouldn't shock me, honestly. Somebody throwing a bag at him. It's hard to look ahead with what the cap's going to look right. like, too. I, know. I mean, it, it's hard to project here. All, all I know is that for Washington this year. They had a high-powered offense, despite the fact that they're just a bubble playoff team. A high-powered offense that is about to get John Wall back next season with Bradley Beal playing at a top 15 level in the NBA, if not top 10 level, if that team were actually winning. Uh, Bertans is an integral part of that with the just deep-level shooting that he provides. He cannot just spot up and shoot, but he can pull up and shoot as well. He can handle the ball a little bit and transition for you. He's a really, really good player. And he popped this year with the Wizards in ways that he only flashed what he could do with the Spurs the last three years, uh, his first three years in the NBA with uh, San Antonio. So for him, I mean, like, you're right. It's a little bit of a risk. It's just one year in which he's playing 30 minutes a game in which he's really putting up big volume numbers. But the numbers he's putting up are consistent with what we've seen for three straight years now in terms of him being one of the league's better shooters at his size. So for the Wizards, he is absolutely a priority to keep and i would expect that they will be able to sign him even if it means overpaying slightly but who really knows what the market's going to look like and for him he's just assuring that he doesn't get hurt so he can get that long-term deal regardless of the overall dollar amount and much like other things look you got to give me a little bit of a break here i've got a little ptsd on uh paying 610 611 shooters with bad knees <laughs> Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. I mean, I mean everybody loves Chandler Parsons. Uh, you love Chandler yeah, Parsons. I love uh, Chandler Parsons. You, you, but you're, you're basically friends with them. It was a, I mean, you it guys was party a, together every every weekend, right? Now, not anymore it? during the pandemic. Not any, we, no. we don't speak. <laughs> we haven't spoken in a long, long time. <laughs> um, but look, there was he's he he is going to protect his own interests in this. And so we have that. You mentioned the Trevor Ariza thing. He's in the middle of a custody battle, um, which is rather messy. And so he is making the decision uh, to be with his son. And so I did see, I, I must tell you, that is not a funny story. But after that news came out, seeing some of the memes of Carmelo Anthony getting the news <laughs> was absolutely hysterical uh, i did not see those memes I, oh, i'll yeah. be honest <laughs> i think it's a, i think it's the first reply if you click on the woad story uh, I'll, I'll, look, I'll look it up right now somebody uh, re somebody replied uh, with carmelo <laughs> anthony finding out that trevor reese is not going to be playing 
you know Carmelo is going to maybe have a uh, little bigger role, assuming he goes. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, it's, playing with I Portland. See, I see one from that the, the Stephen A. burner account yes. with Stephen A. walking out of the room all stoked, <laughs> ready to play. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so anyways, we've had those two guys. As you mentioned, there is going to be news this morning, um, right after we record this, so we won't get to speak on this, about guys that are – available teams are going to be able to sign or re-sign guys that they had when the season abruptly ended we know Joakim Noah is going to be re-signed with the Los Angeles Clippers we know Anthony Tolliver is scheduled to re-sign with the Memphis Grizzlies those guys were both 10-day guys that were kind of in the mix when the season got canceled um other ones Trey Burke Isaiah Thomas Derek Walton Jr., uh, Devon Akun Purcell, Alan Crabb, Jamal Crawford, Gerald Green, CJ Miles, Amon Shumpert, J.R. Smith, Corey Brewer. It was reported uh, yesterday that he's going to latch on with the Sacramento Kings. And then we've had some news this morning. Uh, Shams reported that DeMarcus Cousin had, had gained interest from some teams, but is not going to play this season or in the playoffs. And then you've got a few other guys. Marcus Lee, kid that played at Kentucky. He's out there. Um, we kind of covered this last week as possibilities. A lot of the fill em up guys, right? Somebody that you could bring off the bench, you could see in a playoff game. Like when Gerald Green would come in and hit three threes in four minutes. Or same thing goes with Isaiah Thomas, Jamal Crawford. A lot of those kind of heat check, bring them off the bench. And maybe they could swing a playoff game. I mean, you never know, but do any of those interest you? Any of those names? I mean, for the back end of my roster, sure, why not? I mean, you mentioned Noah going to the Clippers. He's exactly the type of guy that you want to give an opportunity to with the energy that he plays with on the court. If he has to come in for like a game or two games or if some if Zubats, you know, were to get hurt, He's somebody that you, with the playoff experience that he has, with the leadership that he brings, that you're seeking out here, uh, yeah, especially at the big man position. You want a reliable anchor down there. Uh, and, and at guard, you know, I mean, you mentioned guys like Crawford and Thomas. I'm not so sure those guys are at a level right now um, to perform at, on, on the playoff basketball stage, which is unfortunate to say. I mean, Crawford, you know, put up points last year, but he also shot in 30%. Um, Isaiah Thomas, he got a bit better, but it's still nowhere close to the guy he he was when we last saw him as a star in Boston, which is just really unfortunate. Uh, it's really unfortunate to see those fun and exciting players decline the way they have. But for the NBA, I do wonder if maybe they'll turn to some of the younger guys, whether it's you mentioned Trey Burke or somebody like Tyler Johnson at the guard spot, or whether they're going to look at some guys perhaps in the G League, Can, uh, Cameron Payne, over his last uh, stint with the Texas Legends, performed quite well. I mean, Cam Payne stunk in the NBA. Looks like a total bust, but he's still young, just 25 years old. Maybe he's a team that somebody looks at the G League production. And it's like, okay, he's ready to come in and play, you know, 15 minutes if he needs to. I wonder what logic teams are going to take care with those guys that are available uh, if they go the young route or if they end up going with some of the older guys who might be or are past their prime. Um, but ultimately, like, there's really not a lot out there 
that's appealing. Uh, that's why, for the most part, these are substitute players. Whether it's substitute players or somebody who gets hurt or gets diagnosed with coronavirus, or whether it's somebody who is a literal substitution in a game, like <laughs> like the tenth or eleventh guy in your rotation. Man, I hadn't heard Cameron Payne's name in a long time. You know, that's a Memphis kid, and the crazy thing is, he um, you know, in in a, in a basketball city, um, you hear about these kids when they're twelve years old. Like you just know who the best players in in the city are. I had not heard his name until his senior year of high school. Like he was a real late bloomer, and then obviously yeah. went to Murray, got drafted very high. Um, great kid. I, I, I still root for him, but I didn't even know that's what he was doing now. Honestly, I didn't know he was playing for the Texas Legends. All right, for what it's worth, he he played fi- only 15 games with the Legends. Okay. Averaged 20, 23 points, shot 30 percent from three, averaged eight assists, only three turnovers. Look, it's the G League. Yeah, it's yeah, the G yeah. League. So like, let's not overreact to the numbers yet. But, but you know, it, well, but what, like in the time, like the little time that I've you know really investigated G League guys from talking to people you know around the league who do pro personnel scouting, Cameron Payne's is the only name that's come up from multiple people <laughs> just <laughs> saying, hey, hey, look at hey, look at what Payne's done in the last 10, 15 Oh, games. interesting, right? Well, you know, yeah. and, and so yeah. it's just interesting that like there's certain I liked campaign in the draft. I thought he would be a good player. And he has not become a good player. I was wrong about him in the draft. However, there's still a chance for him to be a quality role player. There's still an mm-hmm. opportunity at 25. And maybe a team gives him that chance now uh, after he's you know, really taken some hits early in his career. So, you know, I look forward to seeing what route teams take and which teams take specific routes with older guys versus younger guys. Yeah, and with all those guys, like especially the veteran ones that we mentioned, Jamal Crawford, J.R. Smith, Isaiah Thomas, uh, Gerald Green, like any of those guys latching on at the end of a roster, but then showing up in the middle of a playoff game and, like I said, hitting three threes in four minutes and flipping a game, like that wouldn't surprise us at all. Like those guys, that's what those guys do. And so why not, right? Like, I mean, if you've got a roster spot open, those are guys that I do think they clearly a lot of them have uh, uh, playoff games under their belt, and you're not asking for much, but they are heat up quick and maybe in the moments where you're going to struggle to get some offense because your best players are are taking a break and you just don't want to blow your lead or you don't want to get too far behind. They come in, they heat up for a couple minutes, and then. You know, but you're not counting on them to play big minutes for you. But you never know. Like they can't flip games. Like the we've seen all all of those players that I mentioned have those scoring spurts that can really change something in the context of the game. Um, all right, so we've got that going on this morning, where we're going to have players. Some will be added to playoff rosters. We also have had news that Andre Drummond, whose name was out there around the trade deadline. Um, he the Pistons were able to get off of him at a high cost, um, but they moved him off to the Cavs. And Drummond now, it's already come out that there's not going to be some mystery about this when it comes to the offseason. He's planning to pick up his player option that'll keep him in Cleveland for another year. $28.75 million. And I think, you know, especially with the money that they've got. And I think Atlanta's name came up, remember, a couple of times with Drummond. Obviously, they were able to go and they were get Capella, so that'd be off the table now. I don't know that there was some kind of landing spot for Drummond, certainly not at that kind of a price. 
especially with, as you said, we don't know what's going to happen with the cap. But there he goes. Uh, he said that he is going to definitely be in Cleveland. He was on Dan Lebertard's radio show this uh, morning, and he said, yeah, it's going to be hard to give up, so you can count on me being in Cleveland still. I will definitely be in Cleveland. <laughs> Very interesting. I mean, uh, it's the type of thing here where, again, it, it goes back to what we just hit on in regards to what free agency could look like this summer. Yeah. In a normal market with the cap rising, Drummond could be a guy who opts out. So could Gordon Hayward. I mean, that's another guy who's very interesting to see what he's going to do with an opportunity to make about $30 million this year. Hayward might be a player who decides to opt in for another year with Boston rather than opt out. If if the cap does go down, which in all likelihood it will, it's just a matter of how much. So for Hayward, Drummond, you know, DeRozan, these guys who have options on their contracts, it's a difficult decision for them until we get to see what the cap is going to look like next year. And Drummond's mind could always change. I, I would say probably not with Drummond because of the fact that he's not going to get the money that he would hope. This could be his last year making over $25 million because of just what the value of big men is in today's league. Um, but with Hayward, DeRozan, those two guys especially, I'll be looking forward to seeing what they do when their decision has to come up way ahead in October. Uh, they're their player option dates will be October 17th this year because of the start uh, date of free agency. Yeah, because of the start date, because we are so unknown on the cap, it seems to me that before this season was stalled out, I think there was a real question. But at this point, I'd be very surprised if all these guys don't pick up their options. Just not knowing what yeah, the financial yeah. climate's going to be, I think it's just infinitely more likely that they'll just re-up and play out their last year because who knows what is going to what, what what kind of contracts are going to be given out going forward. We still don't know, especially with the season like next year. If if there's still no clarity on whether they're going to be playing games with fans in the stands for next season, mm. people aren't going to be throwing around money. These owners are not going to yeah. be throwing around, you know, $75 million to try to sign. Andre Drummond or DeMar DeRozan or or Gordon Hayward for that matter. You know, <laughs> I I mean it's a, it's an unpredictable it's an unpredictable time for yep. for every business, you know. Yeah, I mean every business, but in, for the NBA, they're not exempt from that either. Uh, we saw last week they laid off over 100 employees. The NBA is not exempt from everything happening now as a result of the pandemic. Uh and team owners also are going to probably try to save money next year. Just, just the truth. They're not going to probably give the GM the lease, the leash to take some of those risks that they might want to take, or give the GM the leash to sign that guy that might put them closer to the luxury tax line. We don't know what the CBA is even going to look like next year. There could be revisions to it, just like there were officially on Sunday to uh, allow for you know increased insurance for players to change some of the rules and the dates here. There could be further changes that happen for next season when it's going to be a whole other issue. We don't know what the world is going to look like at that point when next season is due to start, but it's going to be a whole other challenge to get that going and to get that working properly when we don't even know if this is going to work in July. And and when, let's go back in time a little bit just to the Bertans uh, discussion. Of course, I mean he, he's you're talking about you know, half a million dollars or whatever it is, he he's sacrificing if he doesn't play in order to get his first 
big contract. So that is the difference in him. He has the ability to go out and get what will be a very big contract for him. These guys are just simply, it, it, it feels impossible for somebody like uh, a Drummond to replace $29 million. Like, Berton's going to get a way better deal. And so clearly he's, he's willing to enter free agency. But I can't imagine anybody that's got an awesome contract opting out. Not this year, right? You know, ultimately, this is one of the reasons why I wish the salary cap uh, contracts were tied to percentage of the salary cap, not just like a raw number. Uh, This could would probably in most years be a good thing for players uh, because the cap tends to rise faster than the contract does. that's not always been the case historically in the, in the NBA, but until this year, it has been true the last decade or so. And I do wonder if maybe that would be better for both sides if contracts were percentage of salary cap and not uh, just a raw, you know, million dollar, you know, number. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yep. We are going to be mentioning our three players that we look forward to seeing the most when the NBA returns. But I do want to mention one other thing quickly. And the SPs were the other night, and I know that it's not some kind of, uh, you know, we don't remember who won ESPY awards in many cases year after year, but I did want to at least highlight the courage award that Kevin Love was given because Kevin Love has been very outspoken about his mental health issues. Uh, the aforementioned DeMar DeRozan, also a guy who's been willing to speak about it. And there has been, you know, for lack of a better term, there, there has been a pandemic that we don't necessarily acknowledge all of the time with mental health and so many people really struggling um, with mental health and to have NBA players, famous NBA players come out so vulnerable and describing kind of what they have gone through, even though, you know, and, and I think it's very, I think it is especially poignant when you read the things that Kevin Love has written and what he has talked about because I think people look and they say, you know, Ke- Kevin Love didn't grow up destitute, right? We all know his father was an NBA player. He has been an outstanding basketball player since he was very young. Um, he's been famous since his freshman year at UCLA. Um, he has more money than any of us could ever dream of having in the end. And yet here he is saying, Sometimes I don't want to. Uh, I want. I don't want to wake up. Sometimes I have terrible thoughts. Some I've really struggled with this. Sometimes I, d- I don't want to leave my house. Whatever it may be, and him coming out and speaking about that, um, I think is uh, very very important uh, for the NBA. We have not seen a lot of it throughout sports, right? And because sports and masculinity, whatever you want to say, it you know, you, you keep your feelings in. So many times, athletes especially, um, keep their feelings in. Or nobody wants to hear that from you. Oh, yeah, give me $100 million and see how upset I would be. But, like, it's real what he has gone through, and he has been more than willing to speak about it. And so I'm glad he got highlighted uh, the other night, and that was brought to the forefront because I do think, especially after all this coronavirus, after 44 million people unemployed, um, it's something it's something very serious that a lot of people are going to be that are dealing with and are going to be dealing with, whether it's anxiety, stress, 
depression, whatever it may be. And so uh, I laud Kevin Love for being as vulnerable as he has been. And I was glad he got highlighted the other night. Yeah, it was great. And uh, Kevin Love sets an example that it's it's okay to talk about your problems and that even somebody who has as much fame as he does, has as much wealth as, his, as he does, still struggles with those things that are ultimately out of his control. Um, it's And he has taken what he can into his control to, to make himself as best as he can. And he has set an example for people to try to do the same. And Kevin Love, I mean, like, we'll always remember him for his basketball accomplishments. But when you think about Kevin Love, you're also going to think about the difference that he made for people. And, you know, he did say in his acceptance speech or or in a statement that I had read um, that he, if he could make one kid out there, you know, feel better about themselves or or, or seek help um, after, you know, it's hard for people to choose to seek help. But if he can make somebody out there, you know, choose to seek help, that makes him feel fulfilled. And um, that's that's a it's a beautiful thing for him to do that when so many people across the world, especially right now with everything happening, are going through something. Um, so, you know, congratulations to Kevin Love for that. It is perfectly uh, awarded to him. Um, well-deserved. And I, I look forward to, to seeing the, the more good that he does over the rest of his career and beyond. It appears, Kevin, that the NBA is going to go on with the plans. Everything's kind of been ironed out by now. Um, players are going to start getting tested. There will inevitably be bumps, major bumps in the road um, leading into this. But in about a month's time, the expectation is we will be watching games being played in Orlando. Now, over the course of the past several weeks, we have seen Photos here and there, maybe an Instagram post here and there, maybe an appearance here and there by some guys um, surface on social media, or maybe we've seen them on television or whatever. Um, but by and large, of the 450 members of the NBA, we haven't seen 90% of these guys, and we will inevitably be shocked um, what some of them look like. Maybe some could be different players than they were when we last saw them. And so this week we are going to go through our three players. We look forward to seeing the most when the NBA returns. I'm going to bet that we have at least an overlap. So I'm going to, I'm going to throw Jokic out there because I'm imagining he's probably on your list too. He is not on my list. Oh, come on. What? No, he's not on my list. Okay. Look, then I'll use Jokic. I can't believe that we didn't overlap on Jokic. Mm-mm, no. Okay. Since seeing that picture, all I can think about is what he is going to look like playing <laughs> basketball. <laughs> I mean, I feel like, you know, anybody, I'll include us, that's not in professional athlete level shape, uh, really, we had a kindred spirit in Jokic, and he left us. Right. He left us. He left <laughs> everybody that is like it. I feel like he's part of the uh, 10 o'clock chip club. Right. At 10 o'clock, if you're sitting around watching, you go and you grab the bag of chips. The and 10 you don't o'clock feel, chip club. Is yeah, that a real club? No, it's not. I just invented I mean, it. I, I, but okay, I'm I was, saying. Because <laughs> I was saying, I, I, I am no longer part of it, but I used to be part of it. Uh, oh, you, the, oh, you, you ditched life. it too. All right. Well, I mean, t- I, I, I'm trying to lose weight myself. I, I there was the you heavy, go. I was the heaviest I've been since 2011. 
just last month. Like, and I I lost forty pounds in twenty eleven that year. Well, so like I'm look, trying to I'm trying to cut like another thirty or forty right now. I don't look like I'm not huge, you know, necessarily. It's it's not a you know tough mountain for me to climb here, but you know it's I am trying to lose weight. So I, we like need Jokic, to find out. I, I, I feel we like need to find inspired. out what Jokic did. I feel yeah. yeah, no, I feel inspired. Maybe I need a maybe I need a professional athlete budget to hire a professional trainer, a chef. <laughs> Here's the thing: Does this enhance his powers? Or does he lose some of his powers? I, I don't know. He is an unbelievable guy in the open court. He is an unbelievable passer. He is also the kind of guy that gets down in the paint and when it's when it's time to bang, he's he's gonna do it. Um and so do you lose some of that just by losing the weight that you've lost? And the other thing I is I don't think so. He was absolutely awesome. As a, a, a carrying the weight he was carrying, he was awesome. And so, is it possible that he even becomes more awesome than he was? I I just I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see how he plays, what he looks like when he is playing at, at this new trim weight. And the other thing is, if he is even better than what he was, I think fairly given that they haven't had massive playoff success yet there are those that look and they say okay the best player on this team is and i think this stands for Embiid in the eastern conference too can your best player be a big guy right that it used to be that a lot of teams best players on great great teams were a big guy that has changed right most of the time it is guys with the ball in their hand that are Starting, even with Giannis, he's starting from the perimeter. And so is Jokic more like a Giannis, you know, type when he comes back? Um, obviously, he's not going to be that big and powerful as Giannis. I know, I know. Not the athleticism aspect, but in terms of just stylistically. Yes. Well, I mean, a guy that catches the ball at the elbow or like higher and is a threat to drive on you. Well, he's he not a th- He's he not driving. He's not really driving. He already on is. You. We we do we hit on this when those fit pictures first came out, and I'm going to reiterate it now. Jokic's main weakness on offense is the fact that he is a low 30 percent three point shooter. He had one year where he shot n- nearly 40 percent, but other than that, it's low 30s. If he can get that number up with you know stronger legs, with you know less fatigue late in games, that is going to make him a more potent scorer. And then the other weakness that he's gotten way better at over the years is still defense. He's he's a quality defender, a good positional defender. He's a great rebounder, uh, and he sparks offensive possessions following rebounds because of his passing ability and his ball handling ability. He's a solid defender, but he's not a great defender, especially in a playoff setting. And if he can be in better shape and become a better defender, that overall is going to elevate him as a player. I don't think losing the weight is going to deter him from being the player he is on the interior. He is a power player, but he's also a player of immaculate footwork and touch. And those, to me, are the main reasons why he's so good inside, not necessarily the girth on his body, around his belly. (laughs) I think Jokic Jokic is still going to be a star player. Uh, Despite the regardless of what size he is, the question with him in the draft, going way back then when he went in the second round, 
he the question with him was really, you know, the fact that he was overweight at that time and he had a lot of the baby fat on him, whether he could ever stay in shape. Um, and he has gotten himself in shape and he has become a star player. And because he was a player not in shape, it was always about defense. So so to me, that, that's really the, the final hurdle for him. And this is a necessary step for him to reach that potential. And, and we may very well see a new Jokic, a better Jokic when he gets back. Yeah, what I mean is, is he the kind of guy that could get his own shot off? Like, that you're throwing yeah, the is. ball to. He is. Th- that you're th- but that's not the guy they go to. With the game on the line, they're not throwing it to Jokic to get that last shot. They're, they're giving it to one of the guards. And the other thing is, to your point about defense, that is where it's most important. It, does he move his feet much more nimbly? Because, especially when you get to the playoffs, they're just going to throw you in a million pick and rolls. That's the way the league is now. Everybody's got these guards that can beat you to the basket. And... You know, can can you now stay in front of a guy that might have turned the corner on you prior to? I, I am just I'm fascinated by the whole thing. You've got an unbelievable player that completely changed his body. And so it stands to reason he could be a different player than what we saw before um, with all the great attributes that he had before already. All right. Who's your first one? You mentioned him. Joel Embiid. Oh, I we jo- haven't seen him. Joel, Joel was on a, on a tear after the all-star break, but he also had an injury that he was dealing with. He missed some time. Uh, Ben Simmons is out. Uh, Josh Richardson is out. Those guys will be back and Bede will be rejuvenated and healthy with the player. We saw post all-star break with Embiid. He looked like a more complete version of himself, small sample size. And like he faced a couple of non-playoff teams. He, He had a hard time against the Bucks. In that matchup, but again, the team wasn't at full strength. I look forward to seeing the Sixers as a whole because they're the team I picked to make the finals before the season. I changed that to the Bucks midseason, as has almost everybody. Um, if they didn't pick Milwaukee in the first place, but Philadelphia still retains finals level upside if they're able to get things to work. And so much of that is going to be due to what Joel Embiid can be. He's the guy that they throw the ball to. In the post, you know, you mentioned with, you know, big men, whether that's the, the, the right thing to do in today's day and age of the NBA, but Embiid's that guy for the Sixers and he is better on the post this year than he has ever been. He has improved. He has added diversity to his moves with facing up and, and shooting. He has added, he has continually improved his footwork. He has gotten better and better and better at finishing through contact he is a, the league's best post player in the Eastern Conference right now. And for the Sixers, they do have a good roster around him, and I look forward to seeing what that actually is in regards to the impact it makes on Joel Embiid, the player. I feel like, and I haven't seen him. I haven't seen a photo of him. I feel like he's either going to come in, and conditioning has been an issue with him. People have jumped him for that before. I think he's either going to come in and he's going to be out of shape, like and noticeably in worse I don't think shape. He will be, or he's going to be in the best shape of his life. I don't think he. I think he. I think whenever we see Embiid, it's going to be different than what we saw prior to this break. That's all I'm saying. And and I don't know which way it's going to go. Right? Like we might have predicted some of these guys, like Jokic. Jokic is the kind of guy that if he would have come back and he had gained you know, 15 pounds or something, nobody would have been all that surprised because 
we've seen during the season. I mean, hell, they're running theoretically every single night. And he's obviously not taking care of himself in the best way off the court. And so it stands to reason if given a lot of time off, a guy like that would be apt to gain weight. Same thing goes with somebody like Embiid, but he may go the total reverse too. And an Embiid that comes back, you know, ripped and like in the best shape of his life, that is a, a dangerous, dangerous thought for the Eastern Conference because he could truly, you know, some of the things that hold him back from completely just dominating everybody has been his lack of conditioning at times. Um, and boy, I, I just don't think he's going to look like he looked. I don't. You think it's more, there's a better chance he comes back in some kind of amazing shape? Yeah, I've heard he's been in the gym. Oh, wow. Hey, Chris, before we move on, I have to tell the listeners about today's sponsors. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Roman. If you've been dealing with acne, redness, dark spots, or wrinkles, finding treatment that works can be complicated. You need skincare that actually performs, but getting started can be quite overwhelming. Thankfully, there's a solution. Roman makes it convenient to get customized prescription skincare that really performs. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online consultation, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. If appropriate, a doctor will prescribe a custom blended treatment based on your skin type and priorities. You'll receive your custom skincare treatment with free two-day shipping. You'll also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor if you need to make a change to your treatment or if you have any questions. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel anytime. Go to GetRoman.com slash RingerNBA to try out a three-month supply of nightly defense for just five bucks. It's free to chat with a doctor and your first order is just five dollars. That's GetRoman.com slash RingerNBA. Eligibility requirements and additional terms do apply. Today's episode of The Mismatch is also brought to you by Scott's. Do you know what's more attainable than your favorite team landing a top free agent this offseason? A healthy, thick, green lawn, of course. Scott's Turf Builder Thicker Lawn has everything you need to turn your lawn into the thick, green paradise that you deserve. With its 3-in-1 solution, you can get up to a 50% thicker lawn with just one application. The solution consists of seed to fill in gaps, soil improver for enhanced root development, and fertilizer to feed new grass and thicken and green existing grass. With Scott's Turf Builder Thicker Lawn, you can finally get the thickest, greenest lawn you've always dreamt of. And with Scott's No Quibble Money Back Guarantee, if you're not satisfied, you get your money back. Get thicker quicker and grab a bag today. Make your yard a Scott's yard. Now back to the mismatch with me and Chris Vernon. Here's another one that had really ascended right before we stopped the season. And that is Tatum. That was my second. Okay, good. So we overlap we here. We have one, yeah. All right. We overlap here. And I think it's a fair one for us to overlap on because... He had ascended from, especially post-All-Star break, from a guy that was really good player, made his first All-Star team, um, but not in that, like, upper, upper tier, like, superstar class. And then those weeks prior to the season getting stopped, you remember that Sunday game where the Lakers are double-teaming him six feet past the three-point line? Like, he had... Instantly, and I know you had written about this, 
and his progress, but he had just flipped the switch that had never been flipped before to where he was truly superstar caliber. And the way that makes a difference is when you get into these playoffs, right, do you have the guy that could he be the best player in a series that Giannis is in, that Embiid is in, that Jimmy Butler is in, that, you know, whoever the best teams are are bringing to the party is their best guy, and you know with the game on the line, they're going to decide some of this stuff. Like, that was unfathomable in December, and now you think, like, it, it's certainly not unfathomable. He He went the hell off and had become, like, a superstar caliber player right before everything stopped. And so what does he look like when he comes back, right? Yeah, I mean, he averaged 30 points per game after the All-Star break. And if you extend that back to, you know, when he was named an All-Star, it's like a 29 points per game, shooting over 40% from three, getting to the free throw line at a rate he had never in the past, still rebounding at a high level, averaging over seven a game, one of the best rebounders of the wing position in the league, one of the best off-ball defenders in the league, one of the better on-ball defenders in the league. Tatum, look, longevity matters, obviously, when saying who the best guys are in basketball. But if you're looking at that, just that sliver of time, the month and a half or so period, Tatum was one of the 10 or 15 best players in basketball. That's what he was playing like, a two-way superstar. And if he continues to be that guy for Boston with everything else they have on that roster uh, with Kemba Walker getting back healthy, similar to the Sixers in the sense that they were not at full strength, but with Kemba getting back uh, with the flexibility they have with different lineups, if Tatum continues to be that 29, 30-point-per-game scorer who defends and makes smart passes and rebounds, I mean, they're right there. They're right there in that conversation as a finals favorite uh, because of the premium on those guys that can create their own shot from the perimeter and score from anywhere, like Tatum looked to be as a high school prospect, like he flashed at Duke, like he flashed as as a young player, and as we just saw, was really starting to click for him in the NBA at a high, high level. Yep. And there will be some guys that like that was a a sign of things to come and they'll come back and be totally ascending. And then, look, if it's anything like the lockout, there's going to be a handful of guys that are not the player that they were on their way to being, right? Because when that lockout hit, um, and I've seen two of them uh, since I've been covering the NBA, like you now... I don't know. Like, there's going to be some guys. So here's hoping, especially at his at his young age, he may. I think we are just starting to see how spectacular he could truly be. My next one, Luka Doncic, and the reason it's Luka Doncic is because I don't know how much you uh, kept up with this, but he has this uh, trainer, Slovenian guy, um, Jure Draxlar. Okay. So he had, there was an interview that was done in like Russian, and the story comes out, and he says that Luca's out of shape. Of course, this gets put out everywhere. Mavs fans are like, "What the hell?" So the guy walked it back completely. Oh no, 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 no! <laughs> right, he came back. He's not out of shape. He's just he's not in game shape. But games are going to be at the end of July and plenty of time and whatever. Another guy who had ascended to one of the top 
five, 10 players in the league for the majority of this season. And now, you know, look, he came back from injury and was not as good as he was at the beginning of the year, but now he's had a lot of time to heal. What kind of shape is he in? Because you don't know. Was that just a pump fake and things were lost in translation? Or is he really not in great shape? And the other thing is, it's going to be our first time seeing him play playoff basketball. And it's a different deal, right? When somebody, you know, every every star player in this league has to take their lumps. And for sure, they will get to the playoffs and they will be so well scouted and so well prepared for. And you know very well that teams are going to make Porzingis and the crew try to beat them. And they are going to focus their defense on this guy and making life hell for him. So we get to see him in the most high-stakes games. Hell, all eight of their games are high-stakes anyway because they're right in the mix. They could end up you know, changing their seed dramatically by their performance in those eight games, but even in the end. So first, what kind of shape is he in? And then, more importantly, what happens when we throw him into the playoffs for the first time and he's got a team on the other side that's saying, this dude ain't beating us. We're going to make life hell on him. And if Porzingis goes off for 28 a night, then so be it. But it's going to be a different level of basketball um, that he's seen during regular season basketball. But again, this guy has been through, look, he was in the highest level of Euro stuff and performed extremely well. Even though we did see sometimes in those Euro tournaments, teams just sell out to stop him. You know, well, and, that, and that's and what going to be so interesting to watch for. Yes, you know how, how does Luca adapt when he's getting double teamed a bit more, getting the James Harden treatment? Yep. Uh, how does Dallas? How does Rick Carlisle adapt when it comes to game planning for that? I mean, when I reported the story on the Mavericks, I think it was early this season. I, like time is so disoriented right now. I'm not sure it was early this season. I reported the story on KP and Luca, and. It, it was brought up the idea of Luca being a screener, you know, short roll like Draymond Green could pick apart the defense with the pass or he could score. Luca, I mean, he is so great that you can't take the ball out of his hands. You, you, it would be silly to do that. However, if there's a situation in which he's getting so much defensive pressure on him that he can't be the player that he needs to be. I do wonder if maybe reversing some of those pick and rolls and using Luca as a screener for Seth Curry and forcing a switch, or maybe if they don't switch, Luca can short roll and then pick apart the defense when he's heading towards the rim. I do wonder if that's the type of strategic wrinkle we see from Carlisle, either this playoff run or if it would happen sometime in the future, because uh, Luca certainly has that ability if he's willing to do the Draymond in the pick and roll. Granted, you need a star you know, point guard to do that as greatly as you can. Uh, but with Seth Curry, uh, the shooting ability that he has, I do wonder if maybe there's something there uh, to explore. And they just need to get to six or five, Kev, and they could be mega dangerous. They're not beating the Clippers. like, And that's hell. Because now you're getting Kawhi and George thrown at you constantly, right? But anybody past the Clippers you could see Luca really giving a big problem too, which would be fun to watch. But for the Dallas sake, that's why those eight games are going to be like playoff games too. They got to get, I mean, everybody's going to be trying to get away from the Clippers, right? Because that's a, that you don't want to be seven, but if they can somehow get to six or five or four even, then 
they could be a real problem for somebody. I could see that happening. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and ultimately, like the these seeding games for some teams, it, it doesn't matter that much. Uh, but for a team like Dallas, they're going to try like hell to get into hell that yeah. six spot or that five spot. Houston is going to try like hell to stay out of seven, just like Oklahoma City is as well. Right now, they're both only uh, a game and a half up on Dallas for that spot. So that is going to be something to watch for. A lot of these teams have something to play for. Many of them are going to treat it like warm-up games, but that's one of the reasons why my last guy here is James Harden. Uh, Another one of my favorite players uh, that you hate, but (laughs) Ah, hold on now. I don't hate him. I don't enjoy watching him play. Fine. There, there we go. You just don't enjoy watching him. You don't enjoy the style. I I love passing. I, like I love the style. He's also one of the best passers in basketball, but that's beside the point. Yeah. James Harden. <laughs> Real James team Harden. basketball they play. Dribble, I mean, dribble, that, dribble. Yeah, dribble, turn. dribble, dribble, and kick out four or three. It's their style. Yeah. I mean, he passes, though. Harden, after this time off, you know, fairly or unfairly has been knocked for being fatigued in the playoffs with the heavy workload that he carries. Uh, despite the fact he still averages nearly 30 points per game, despite the fact that he still averages uh, the numbers that he does with the attention he receives in the postseason. Now I do wonder, can he raise it up even more? He has a history of success playing on a big stage, going toe-to-toe with the Golden State Warriors the past couple of years. What more can James Harden do now that he has this time off? And we did see the great story by Kelly Eco of The Athletic who wrote about Harden's improving the conditioning that he was in. He also, like Jokic, looked like he was in great physical condition, as does Russell Westbrook, for that matter. Two guys that have carried a massive load throughout their careers. With this time off, I feel like they're the type of guys that could really, really benefit ahead of that postseason run. So Houston's going to have to win some games to hold on to that sixth spot, hold off Dallas, or move up themselves. Um, But come postseason time, I'm excited to see what Houston can be, especially with them playing small ball and how that is also going to help James Harden. I, like, they're the team more than anybody. I mean, there's a lot of fun teams that we're going to be watching. We didn't mention New Orleans or, or like even Sacramento. These teams in the playoff bubble in the West, these young up-and-coming teams are your own Memphis Grizzlies. But of the teams locked in, I'm more excited to watch Houston than anybody. He looked so small in that T-shirt photo. I know he's you know improved his cardio, but this is a guy that goes to the basket and gets fouled relentlessly, right? And I didn't think he was in bad shape, so I'm fascinated to no, see was. what he, he was. What, right, he was in great shape, yeah. and he was big and strong and looked like a different guy. He looked skinny in that picture that I, I, I saw. I wonder. I wonder if it was like you know people say the camera has ten pounds. I wonder if the camera removed ten pounds there. I tell you it, this. Uh, uh, let me mention two guys that uh, I. I, I had, but I crossed off the list to go with the three that I had. It must have been the same camera that they used on Marcus Saul. Oh Holy my God. Dude, no. I mean, he looks like he weighs 175 pounds. <laughs> he looks like a cyclist or something. Yeah. It's the craziest picture I've ever seen. I've known Mark since he was, you know, I watched him play in high school where he, like, he, I'm not kidding. It looks like he is 100 pounds lighter than he looked like in high school. He might be. I'm not kidding. He probably weighed over 270 pounds in high school. He was a monster. An should, absolute uh, monster. You should do some reporting before our, our Friday show. Try to find I out need to reach out number. to him. Yeah, Are you yeah, 100 yeah. pounds lighter 
He looks like he weighs 175 pounds. Yeah, I, 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 mean, I expect you to break this news on Friday, Chris. It's so <laughs> I'm gonna I, I will ask him. Uh, I'll reach out to him and I'll try to find out if he is really a hundred pounds lighter. <laughs> because it's gotta be, I don't know what the most he ever weighed was, but that picture that for surface last week is easily by far the lightest he has ever been. I saw the transformation from husky guy to really in shape guy. This is to skinny guy. He's skinnier than Pow was, which is the craziest thing. And I mean, he's going to be a major, major component to a team that's trying to go back and defend the title, right? And, and, and he was hurt prior to, uh, and I wasn't involved prior to all of this stopping, but I don't know, man. I don't know. He was in great shape. I don't know about getting that skinny. We'll see. I wonder, I wonder like when, so yesterday, Toronto did fly down to Florida. Yeah. They're the only team that's going to be there early, um, ahead of, you know, all other teams arriving between July 7th and July 9th. I do wonder like, uh, how many photos are we going to have from teams training? I don't know what what access will be from team social media uh, workers or or whatever it might be that are taking photos of these players working out. Because like Gasol could also add muscle, you know, before could. before basketball resumes. There's still a, a month and a half to go until there, um, or not a month and a half, like a month and a week now. Jeez, time is blowing by, man. Uh, <laughs> but for Gasol, there's time to still put on some weight um, and get into what his ideal basketball shape is. But I, I saw it, that picture and I was like, bro, eat a cheeseburger, something like, come <laughs> on. Uh, the other one, it, look, and I can't believe we didn't mention this is of course Zion. Oh yeah. No kidding. No like kidding. what is he? It, it's like, you don't even, you don't even need to mention Zion. It just goes without saying. <laughs> Cause he was so huge prior by, to, by the way, you picked a lot of weight related guys. I feel like, well, that's because those are the guys that change the most. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like guys that are given to great fluctuation. There's a lot of guys that have the body type. I mean, I mean when They're you posed the question, up, when you posed the question to me, I was thinking like game related. I gave basketball reasons for oh, all of them. I know, I know, I know you did. I know, I know. Yeah. I'm just saying, but also it's related to conditioning too, which is, which yeah. does obviously affect their game. That could, obviously, for sure. Uh, but, you know, I was just thinking like you know Tatum development. How real is it? And B right. the flashes he showed last That's couple right. games, uh, and then Harden. I mean. Harden, you know, is straight conditioning. We already know he's a Hall of Fame level talent. Um, but like, you know, oh yeah, there's a lot of guys for a lot of different reasons. Where this year, there's going to be so much variance. There's you know, like we mentioned these names that come to the top of our heads. There's going to be guys who like out of nowhere that come back and they're not in shape or they're in the best shape of their life. There's going to be for guys sure. who come back and they added like a step back three pointer with their time off that nobody expected. We just don't know. With because this is essentially a mini off season that we just experienced with the amount of time off since March 12th when the league was suspended. Anybody, especially the young guys, could come back better than ever. And even in the off season, they're not out of view like they have been. Hmm. You know what I mean? It's usually yeah. like you see this picture, and like, oh my God, Porzingis has got muscles now, or whatever, right? <laughs> like you you see them, they're out at summer league, like guys are around, free agency happens, the draft happens, like. Nobody's really out of our view for two and a half, three months. Whereas there's a ton of these guys that have been totally out of our view. And so I think we're in for some surprises to say the least. 
Kevin, it is always a pleasure. Thanks to Bobby Wagner, our producer, as always. Throw out that email uh, for a mailbag on Friday. For Friday's mailbag show, email us questions at nbamailbag at gmail.com, and Bobby and I will sort through those and uh, pick out ones for us to talk about on Friday. They weed out all the ones that make me look awesome. (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk to everybody on Friday. (laughs) 